Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this second episode of a three-part series on solving for the future workforce, Sonali Tare, Director of Knowledge and Research at Cornet Global, interviews Andrew Kupek, Global President of CBRE 360, and Matt Toner, CBRE's Managing Director of Smart Buildings and IoT, about the different ways technology supports and enhances employee experience. Solving for the Future Workforce, Technology's Role in Curating Employee Experiences. In a three-part series, CBRE discusses some of the strategies America's-based corporate occupiers are implementing to solve for the future workplace, workforce, and CRE team. In part two, Andrew Kupek, Global President of CBRE 360, and Matt Toner, Managing Director of Smart Buildings and IoT, discuss the different ways technology supports and enhances employee experience. Um, thank you both to um, Matt and Andrew for being here today. We're very excited to be recording this, uh, this podcast, and um, you know, we hope to hear good things. Great. Thanks, Anari. Thanks for having us. Great. Um, so let me go ahead with the first question. If you could um, set the stage for us, what do employees want in the office and what role does technology play? Yeah, perfect. Um, I can kick off and, uh, and my counterpart, Matt, I'm sure he'll chime in a bit. Um, so I, I think this is really interesting. We, from my perspective, we have, uh, you know, colliding forces that are really driving employee expectations within the workplace and, and more broadly within commercial real estate. And some of those colliding forces I'll kind of talk through uh, briefly, but certainly one of those forces is the pace of technology advancements and what that's really allowing companies to do in terms of pushing the boundaries of what, what does it mean to have a workforce that's distributed and what they can do outside and inside of the workplace and what they can't do. Um, so there's there's this technology component and, and rapid advancement that, that, that's changing some of the ways we think about work. But if we take a step back, and I try to keep this very simple uh, as a concept, at its simplest level, employees are like consumers. And if you put your consumer hat on for a minute, um, consumers like you and I are used to fantastic technologies that are enabling really just our everyday lives. And, you know, let's, let's go through some examples. So the way we watch movies, you know, this is an on-demand world. We, we go to Netflix and we expect to get the content we want delivered seamlessly packaged for $7 a month, right? The way we get around town used to be, hey, I, I only have public transportation or I got to use my car. Now we have options like Lyft and Zipcar where I come from uh, or Uber. So that's changed. and. Even our expectations, if you think about how we buy products and services and when we expect to get them delivered, you know, Amazon gives, uh, in most major metros around the globe, they give some kind of same-day delivery service. So our expectations have changed as a consumer. Um, so my point here is the workplace experience is, is almost subconsciously compared to the general consumer experience that we have in our everyday lives. So in my opinion and what we see within CBRE is that's 
that's really what's putting the pressure on commercial real estate and the whole ecosystem. So the way we design, the way we build, the way we operate offices with technology is, is really a core enabler to the better experiences now. And I, I just think we need to take our, our viewpoint as a consumer, and that's ultimately um, what's driving what's needed from a, from a technology standpoint within the offices. Yeah. Yeah, no, Andrew, thanks for that. And um, Sonali, thanks for having us. And this is Matt. Um, my simple answer here is we live in an age where everyone wants it all. And as Andrew just said, it is increasingly easier and easier to get it all. And it is a service versus a product, and it's just a few bucks a month. And so our role as the real estate provider and manager is really to provide the technology that connects the supply and demand. And so be it uh, product or service, and be it a building occupant, tenant, uh, employee, retailer, um, et cetera, you know, we really are that glue uh, that you need to put into the physical structure that helps connect the person to the digital delivery of that asset where we're seeing everything. Um, so uh, the list goes on from janitors to retailers to occupants, um, all of whom have something that they need and something that they're selling, uh, and our role is to be in that physical footprint uh, that glue and that connector of supply and demand. Great, thank you. Um, you know, shifting tracks uh, a little bit, um, you know, we keep hearing about the competition for talent. What are some of the other benefits of focusing on user experience? Well, I, I mean, user experience means a lot of different things, whether you're talking about, um, you know, the, the physical interactions within, within a space or whether you're talking about um, user experience with a piece of technology. But uh, just more broadly, user experience to me is a holistic approach of how you interact with a brand um, or, or potentially a product or even a company. And how do you feel in that process? Do you feel like it's well thought out, it's solving needs or, or um, you know, ultimately making my life easier? Is that user experience um, making my life easier? So for, for my group, uh, which, which we call CBRE 360, what we care about is curating and deploying great user experiences that that are really for the employee that stays with them from the moment they wake up till the end of their day. So when you think about attracting talent, it's more than just what happens in the office or in that slice of time. How can we holistically make their lives easier and more attractive to join a company or lease space in a building? And to me, that means we have to choose what are the areas where we at CBRE insert ourselves and put in technology to help users through their day, and and one of the things that you know we we want to stay out of, and that don't really matter in terms of CBRE getting involved with in our group. So we believe creating good tools and technologies combined with hospitality services that's the secret sauce, and ultimately that creates kind of this unique user experience that it's technology, it's hospitality, and it ultimately attracts talent to join those types of companies that are investing. In, in making that experience day-to-day -day better for their employees or building owners, you know, making that experience better for all the tenants that are inside the building. Um, so you'll hear this theme as we talk over the next 15 or 20 minutes that I'll have, and that's technology is important, but when we talk about user experience and, and ultimately the, the holistic enhancement of the workplace, 
it is not just a piece of technology, it has to come with a service mentality, uh, and that's why we think we're kind of uniquely positioned to deliver some of these things. Yeah, and, I, and I'll add on, and I'll probably just be coloring it a little bit as we go throughout this, because I agree with everything that Andrew said. Um, and when I look at it, and we're working with our teams and clients in the space, um, there really is, there's, there's the clients that are coming up and, and yes, they're trying to attract new talent in every company, um, becoming a tech company at heart. Um, but then there are, you know, kind of a whole existing uh, base and a large percentage of work, which really is just letting the talent be talented. Um, and you've got a great group of people already in these environments. And the way that we're working today simply isn't working. And so as you look to how so many things in society and the consumer base and in our personal lives have changed and become so much more frictionless, how do we get that into the building? And how do we make sure, um, you know, you're not kind of technologically falling asleep when you walk into a commercial office portfolio? Um, that is really a big driver for us. And I think when I'm out there certainly kind of talking to clients, um, there is, you know, kind of this feeling of we're far behind uh, in the personal, when in comparison to this kind of personal realm of where technology is. Uh, and so for us, bring the technologies, but as Andrew said, bring the services because it's so much more than technology as well. Wrap it into a very well-designed office that is so much more fluid for agile work today. Uh, and you've truly got a great environment. And I think when you do that and when you make this a frictionless, seamless environment, it's just something that really Again, let that talent be talented and let your people focus on the core work they're doing and not troubles that they're having with their work environment. So, you know, with, with user experience being such, um, you know, of such importance, attracting and retaining talent uh, being of such importance, and then, you know, Andrew also mentioned that, um, that view of uh, service delivery, um, amenity offerings go hand in hand with all of this. So how are landlords leveraging technology to enhance existing amenity offerings? Yeah, Matt, do you want to start with this one and then I'll, I'll add a little color? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll start this one and, and I would say, Sonali, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this one short um, because this really is focused on the technology of those existing amenities that they have and what it sounds like. Uh, but the reality is it's so much better advertising the connection and utilization of the shared assets that these developers have already put into their building. Um, there is the ability for, um, you know, kind of the, the mobile recognition of what's out there and what's available, what's being used or not used, um, whether it is a ground floor restaurant, a gym, or a meeting space, the ability for people in the building to be um, where they are in their office, but be able to see what's available around them and not waste time going to stand in a cafeteria line for 30 minutes uh, is certainly kind of, I think, kind of the highlight uh, of what we're seeing. Um, and then just uh, the reality, too, of today's world, a faster, safer, and more efficient uh, commute to and through the buildings with some of what we're seeing around access controls and really just identifying who is where and how they're moving around uh, a lot of these shared spaces. Yeah, I, I, I would echo that. And I think the, the only thing I would really add is, I mean, we could spend a whole 30-minute segment on on this this question, but um, th there's a couple key themes, and Matt touched on a lot of it. I think I think 
owners of, of real estate and, and landlords, they understand the bar has been raised. So some of, some of the existing amenities that are typical in a building, you know, gyms and restaurants and different things, they're, they're kind of table stakes. Those things um, need to be there in some aspect. But what we're hearing and seeing in the marketplace that landlords are more interested these days is really how, how can they be closer to their tenants and, and have a relationship that's different than years past. It's not about just leasing space for 10 or 15 years and that's the extent of the interaction. They wanna be um, daily understanding is, is the real estate performing for your needs and how do we make that a better experience? And in that, one of the things that we're really focused on is how do we bring in experiences and amenities from outside the building as well as what's inside the building. And, th and this is where technology can play a really important role. It's not just about existing amenities that are physical in nature. It's also about what does the six block radius around, around the, the building look like? And what are the relevant things that the consumers, the end users of space are asking for? And how can technology bring that in for landlords? So that's some of the stuff we're focused on. Yeah. Yeah, and I hate to, I hate to add on, but I think Andrew hit on a really good point there. And it's a shame it's going to be buried within the center of the podcast. Um, but this really brings what was traditionally seen as just a building into so much better of a community aspect. And so the multiple tenants within buildings, the multiple retailers at the floor, and then kind of the six-block radius of what's available um, and, and just getting access and visibility to it and making it so much more of a connected whole is, I think, the value that um, a lot of this is bringing forward. You know, you talked a little bit about um, this earlier, but, you know, the, the term that came to my mind while you were speaking is there's an app for everything. You know, of course, we keep hearing that over and over again. So can you tell us a little bit more about uh, some of the different apps for the workplace that are out there, um, why we're seeing uh, more, and what will employees be able to do with them? Yeah, um, it's a great it's a great question. It's a great observation. I mean, there there are hundreds of apps um, that are purely focused on some portion of the workplace experience, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. But the market is very fragmented, and it, it's I think the one of the main reasons. There's a lot of reasons why it's fragmented. Some of it is just focusing on core things is important. But the market's fragmented from an app technology standpoint because it's just not easy to integrate with buildings and, and companies and all the different systems and requirements. And uh, Matt knows this better than anyone because this is where he, his expertise and focus is on. But, you know, those apps, and we're, we obviously have our own app, and, you know, building apps is it's never over. It's a constant iteration and feature development and, you know, prioritization process of what matters and is contextually relevant as time changes and technologies change. But those apps that are in the marketplace today, they range from uh, what, what we call marketplace or aggregator apps where, you know, you're kind of bringing in a whole bunch of different vendors and different things in a platform and you're just serving up uh, almost like a portal where you can, you can go to get a bunch of things. Um, so, so that's that one extreme of just collecting and having a bunch of things on an app to uh, very narrow focused, very specific experience apps that are, that, are, that are trying to deliver something and do it better than what's in the market today. So that could be temperature control 
or just meeting and conference room management as the core functionality. Um, and there's, there's, frankly, there's just no shortage of options in the market. My very candid opinion on this topic is many of these apps will fail because they, they really don't address the need for technology mixed with human services that are on site or on the ground. And I mentioned this earlier. You know, I, I come from a world where, uh, you know, apps enable the service. They make the service come to life with Zipcar. But to change behavior with just an app is extremely hard to do. And, you know, we, we could go through a bunch of statistics around app adoption. Even the best companies, the best services have uh, adoption scores that you'd probably be surprised at. These aren't 80, 90, 100% adoption rates. They're, they're uh, low single digits, up to 30, 40%. And I bet if we looked at our phones right now, a great example of this is how many apps do you use on your phone? There's probably five to seven. And there's, a, again, a bunch of studies out here on we have 30 to 40 apps on our phone, and you really only use five to seven. And those apps that you use daily are the ones that really matter to you. So our approach, if we kind of summarize this, our approach, because there is an app for everything, is we're going to focus on experiences and, and technology that actually make the employees' lives easier at work and are transactional in nature, that they use them every day, that it matters to them. And then as data becomes more robust and we layer in AI and ML, that's where we can start to think about tailoring the experience directly to that end user. And that's, that's where it gets real exciting. The apps of the world will start to evolve and be contextually relevant to that specific user in that specific building versus just a market aggregator of a whole bunch of things that aren't relevant to you or I. Yeah, and I'll, I'll pick it up there and I'll, um, I'll build on from the operational side of you know, kind of the, the built environment. There really is, you know, kind of we're 25 years in uh, to, you know, kind of the building controls and automation business, you know, kind of in the way it's been known today. Um, we have had a combination of areas of wired and wireless and remote and global command and control. Um, and really just in the last five years have we begun adding on all of the consumer mentality around I need an app and I can do all of these point solutions that Andrew talked about. So now we're living in a time period where one, every product uh, for a, a very low cost coming on the factory floor uh, is able to have a internet connection. Um, and then everyone with an internet connection is saying, I need to have an app to better connect with my customer. And so, um, yes, whether you're opening your phone or your Apple TV, there's an app for everything. And the way I look at it is I don't want 40 apps, and I certainly don't want access to 40 apps and, and 35 I don't use. Um, what I really want is that seamless experience. And so for me and my team uh, on the operational side of this, what we're trying to do is really let's have one sensor instead of 12. Um, let's remote in and make sure that anything that we implement in these buildings has open APIs support into um, singular apps. And let's not go after proprietary systems that mandate their own app, but really make it a seamless experience, seamless experience where perhaps not even eventually opening an app, I'm able to make it through, you know, kind of, uh, again, closed versus open areas of buildings. I'm able to set, um, uh, you know, kind of time-based targets in terms of things that I want from a food or service or gym perspective in terms of reservations. 
Uh, and I'm really able to do that uh, in concert with Andrew's team uh, who are building this with that same mindset of it's not just the technology, it's the service, and it's the person in this building at the end of the day that we really want to focus on. So one thing that sort of comes to mind when, you know, we're talking about technology and apps and, you know, all that's changing is how quickly technology is changing. So, you know, not, you know, by the time we've caught up with one change, there's a whole other change that comes along that might, you know, revolutionize um, everything. And not, you know, taking that into consideration, not everyone, of course, has the same interest in technology. There's always going to be people who, uh, you know, might not be as comfortable using uh, technology, who might be naysayers. So how are companies managing this change for, um, you know, for different groups of people, for example, different generations that might not be as, um, as comfortable using technology? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a real challenge with, um, as technology evolves, um, you know, there are, there are natural adopters uh, that, that will pick up on things quickly, and then there are those that still want to, you know, kind of work in the ways that have worked for them for years. But I think this really goes back to what I, what I said earlier and Matt reiterated. The, the answer, in our opinion, to better workplace experiences and then this idea of change management through uh, a, a generational workforce is that there's a, there needs to be an artful blend of technology and hospitality services on the ground to help those day-to-day -day interactions and change management for the needs of the employees. Um, so, you know, we're doing this for some clients now. So you think about deploying app technology and if, if last week the way you book conference uh, and meeting room space was done by going to uh, an administrative assistant or someone at an office manager level to book the space for you, and tomorrow we're asking you to put that through a piece of technology or an app, there's a change management process to get people comfortable. And we believe this is where a lot of services fail when it's just technology. There needs to be a human interaction element uh, in any great service. And the, the other thing I would say is, you know, what, let's, let's just think about what happens typically in the life cycle of, of just technology. And I guess we could use email as, as kind of a good, uh, a good analog case. You know, technology is an enabler, and some will adopt it, some will not. But if, if we just go back, I, I mean, roughly 20 years ago, maybe even 18 years ago, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, um, email was certainly around, but it wasn't the primary form of communication. It was phone and physical mail. And I, I, I bet uh, if we asked anyone on this call right now, what, when's the last time you wrote a letter to someone um, or solely relied on voicemail communications to relay messages, um, you would probably say, I avoid those things because back and forth phone tag is annoying and writing out a physical letter is a waste of time when I could send something in five seconds on an email. Um, so those days are gone, and email messaging services like Slack and other iterations are evolving to help us communicate even faster and more efficiently, and that's how I view the workplace. This is a structural shift that technology will continue to be more robust, it will continue to be easier to use, and when we look back in 10 or 15 years, um, the way we interact with the building and the way we interact with each other will be completely different than what it's been in the past. And um, I think that's a good thing overall. 
Yeah, and then um, I'll add on, I think it's, um, so it's kind of interesting to me, we've made it this far in this dialogue. Usually I get asked a question about disruption, uh, but right behind that is the word millennial. And um, uh, I'd like to celebrate the fact that we haven't said either yet. Um, but to this question, Sonali, you know, kind of the generational divide, I think, is a really kind of uh, unfortunately overhyped uh, way to look at this. And I would say we have people in our companies, in our families, firm base, et cetera, of all ages, um, you know, who are excited about the changes that they're seeing in technology and excited about what they're newly able to do in such an easier way. Um, and so it's really kind of are they are digital adopters or they're digital decliners. Um, and I'm really trying to, in every conversation, kind of get it away from, you know, kind of age-based where, you know, kind of boomer be millennial, uh, et cetera. Um, but really, you know, kind of it's about that change management more than anything and talking people through what is different, why it's different. Importantly, what is the value it's going to give back to them in their day? One of the most um, you know, kind of vital things I think that we can give people back is time. Uh, one of our most, you know, kind of valued assets, one of the things that we have so little of is, is actual time. What is, what is this change going to give them? Um, why is it good for the company? And then um, also, where do you go with questions? And so whether you're changing room scheduling or you're just, you know, kind of releasing, um, again, the access to the app, making sure that there's great communication and you answer those couple questions, um, with that, you know, kind of the, um, you know, kind of the hurdles just go down, the adoption rates go up. And as we design and really take on, you know, as an industry, um, the ability to have kind of smarter and more intuitive projects, those hurdles are less and less. And uh, my goal is that, you know, kind of within just several years' times, this isn't even going to be a question. I really like that distinction that you made, Matt, uh, between, um, you know, early adopters rather than, you know, sort of an age-based view of who might be comfortable with technology or who might have interest in technology. So I really like that perspective. Um, coming on to our final question, what are you most excited about for the future of workplace technology? Well, I'll keep this very simple from my end um, in, in a sentence or two. Uh, there's, there's a lot of things that excite me, but ultimately um, the way we're using data and um, you know, thinking about machine learning AI and how that interplays with pieces of technology that are in buildings or in um, companies' uh, private space, that for, for us from the experience side, what it allows us to do is to deliver a more personalized experience for that consumer, that end user, that employee. Um, so this isn't about packaging up data and selling it in other places and doing other things that you've seen in the marketplace. Um, for us, it's about we're already side-by-side -side with a lot of these employees, and, and we work in a lot of these workplaces side-by-side. -side. And the ability to take data and, and create a, an experience that's tailored to an individual or a site or a, or a work group is uh, really exciting to me, and it changes the whole um, product approach in the future. And um, and I'll add on, you know, I look at the changes happening in, you know, kind of buildings and, you know, kind of the, the term of kind of smart buildings being out there, and really, you know, kind of I see it as there's, there's three big categories of gain um, in people, profit, and planet. 
um, and our ability to, um, you know, kind of have a better experience for your people, um, have better cost returns for your company in terms of less wasted assets, um, and then overall gain for the planet in terms of we're simply losing less energy um, as a result of not having lights and air conditioning and uh, multiple building systems running where people aren't actually operating in these assets. And so when you look to a company with CBRE um, with billions of square footage around the world, um, I wake up excited about this job every day because of that impact that you can have at scale in terms of the environmental aspect. And so how can we put these uh, systems on board that help you from this people uh, perspective and attracting and engaging better talent and help you from a profit perspective of being able to um, use less resources and accomplish the same business goal. Um, and then at the end of the day, whether you mentor or not, doing something better uh, for the planet. And so um, I will end with, you know, kind of my goal in this role is to fly into one city um, at the end of the night and not see thousands of little lights out there on in buildings where I know there's now people. Um, and the ability to hopefully be able to do that uh, very soon uh, and, and the, the prospect that our teams are out there kind of doing that today is something that kind of really excites me uh, about this role. Great. Thank you, Andrew and Matt, uh, to you both. Uh, wonderful insights and um, wonderful perspectives from both of you. And you, you know, both obviously have great uh, uh, enthusiasm and passion for this topic. So I know that our listeners will have, um, you know, uh, will have some really great uh, responses to what you said. Um, so once again, thank you to you both for being here and spending the time uh, with us to share your insights. Thank you very Hi, much. Andrew. Thank right. you. Appreciate it. Good to spend time with you guys. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.